Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I have a really cool guest here with me today. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think this conversation is going to be really packed with insights. Mike Sesniak, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Evan. Really looking forward to it. Of course, we're looking forward to uh, we're looking forward to to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So. I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that is by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most that they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? Yeah, so I run a high-performance coaching consulting company called The Results Engine. Uh, we help sales pros make more money. And right now, we're predominantly working in the door-to-door sales space. So guys and girls selling solar roofing pest control alarms i think we've worked with eight or nine different industries of people selling door-to-door solar is obviously the big one right now because there's the government tax incentives everyone wants to go green uh the income opportunity from a solar perspective is just through the through the roof uh we haven't seen anything like it we literally had seven clients last year earning over a hundred thousand dollars a month in personal commissions and all of these guys were in their early to mid twenties. Like it's, it's wild. Um, so a lot of them are coming from that industry. And, um, you know, while we work with sales pros, we're not a sales training company. I've actually never knocked a door to sell anything in my life. I, I haven't worked in most of the industry that are uh, industries that our clients come from. And that's because we're not, that's what, not what we're selling. Right. I've been in sales for 20 years and I can speak to that, but we're really working on high performance, things like time management, energy management, um, really understanding the numbers in their business and understanding how to play the numbers. Everyone wants to talk about how sales is a numbers game, but they never know how to navigate the numbers best in service of what they want to create. So we take all these pieces and help people scale their sales volume through high performance. And um, been running that company for about five years. It started as a side hustle. I built it for about a year and a half as a side hustle while I was a senior engineer at a global luxury e-commerce company writing code for a living. That's how I I used software engineering to fund all my personal development early on. Um, Started a bunch of companies while I was in corporate. And this was the the third one and the final one that I kind of jumped off a cliff and uh, learned how to fly on the way down. But you know, as with most of these stories that you hear nowadays, like everything I built this co- within this company, it, it started as a product that I created for myself. Because while I was experiencing like a pretty solid climb in corporate, right? Like every year was a big pay raise, big promotion. I had all the vanity BS that I thought I wanted, right? Like the senior title, the six figure salary, the luxury apartment on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, like. I had all those things by like the age of 25 and I don't show that to brag. Like 
I share that to illustrate, even though while things were phenomenal on the outside, behind closed doors, not so much, right? In fact, I was completely broken and I was really quickly figuring out what anxiety and debilitating panic attacks were. And this is like January 1st, 2014, maybe. I can't remember the exact year. And uh, that was the first day I ever experienced my first panic attack. It was like hmm. no fun, right? So any of this that you think is valuable for your audience, I'm an open book. We can dive into. But that was what started the journey. Started a year and a half of you know me going to the doctors, getting my chest X-ray, doing the breathing tests. You know, I, I legitimately thought it was a physiological issue. I didn't understand anxiety. I didn't understand panic attacks. I had no context whatsoever. And um, what I realized in that moment, being an engineer, I had to obviously reverse engineer what was going on. And Evan, what I realized is I had no idea what it meant to be productive because a thousand percent, every single one of those attacks that I experienced happened in a moment where I felt guilty for not working. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is had I been able to show up more powerfully when I was working and maybe pair that with a little bit of a healthier mindset around what I really wanted to create with my life and my businesses, I might've been able to avoid what I had experienced. So that started me going down the rabbit holes, geeking out about productivity. I always joke that like now productivity is maybe 20% of the work we do with our clients, but I always joke that it was like my gateway drug to high performance. You know, it's what, <laughs> it, it's what got the party started for me. And fast forward a couple of years, I met the world's leading high performance coach that gave me permission. Those were words I could relate to. And I wrote my first program on the flight home from that event. So that was five, six years ago at this point. So it's been a hell of a journey, but Again, anything that you think is valuable for your audience, we can dive into and and uh, chop it up. That is that is an incredible story. That is a Thank seriously you. incredible story. The fact that you're able to turn things around and look at things from a different angle and come up with this solution for yourself um, right. to change that. Because I understand, I know, I know what anxiety is like. Um, I've been there as well, and the fact that you turn towards Productivity is really interesting because that's something I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs experience, right? Because when you're your own boss, then you don't have set hours. So the default is to just work all of the hours. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like- or At least say that you're working all of the hours, right? Which exactly. leads to the mental fatigue and the lack yeah. of results, but yeah. Exactly. So I know a lot of people- you know, it's it's like, you know, the, the more time you work, the more successful you get, right? Is what a lot of people say. It sounds yeah. like you don't necessarily say the same thing. Is that true? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's about, it's not about the time. It's about what you get out of it, right? Like, and here's an also a really important thing I want to underline. The precursor, the prerequisite of everything we're about to talk about is based on whatever the person truly wants, right? Like people need to make sure that their goals are their goals, not what Instagram freaking told them to want, not what someone else told them to want. Like there's no point saying you want to make a million dollars a year if you realize that everything that you could ever fathom in your entire life can be accomplished within a $300,000 a year income. There's no point, right? So make sure that your goals are actually your goals, but then make sure you're just living in alignment with it, 
right? Let's say you want to make, okay, you get really real with yourself. You want to make $300,000 a year. Well, what does it actually take to make $300,000 a year? It's not about the hours that you put into it. There's no point in doing that in a hundred hours a week if I can do it in 10, right? So it's not about the hours worked. It's about what you're getting out of your hours. Uh, and I think that's the big shift. Like it's that shift from that working the volume to just really focusing on the efficiency. And when you can get more out of less, why not? Like, why wouldn't we want to do that? Right. So it's kind of like an advanced version of just work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Or work both. Right. right. Like I, I think both extremes are dangerous, right? Because the people that only focus on working hard, when someone says work smart, they're like, wow, don't be a little bitch, work harder, bro. Right. But then on the flip, it's like, okay, the, you can work smart, but you still need the discipline to execute. You know, it's interesting. Cause like I mentioned software engineering was the start for me, right? Like my life revolved around where I could play soccer in college. I dumb lucked my way into an engineering school. And then I went straight down to wall street with my computer engineering degree. And I started writing code for a living. And I learned really quickly. Everyone always used to talk about how you always want to hire a lazy engineer. And there's a really interesting concept. And I think it's, there's a lot of truth to it, but can, it can get dangerous. And here's what I mean. The reason they say you want to hire a lazy engineer is because that person's going to figure out how to automate everything because they don't want to actually do the work. That person is going to figure out the easiest way to get something, something done. And there's value there. As long as you still have the discipline to execute, as long as you still have the discipline to work hard. And when you can build both of those things together, when you can work smart and hard, that is when you can achieve these goals that you want to do and you can do it in less time, right? So I think it's just it, both extremes are dangerous, but when you can find that happy medium, whatever works for you, that's the, that's the holy grail. Right. So that's, so that's the rundown on productivity. Now tell me like, so for high performance, which is, yep. I guess, kind of like a, a more detailed description of the of what you know we're talking about because if you have mm -hmm. if you know you don't have to work a thousand hours a week or you know you just need to do however much you need to do to be able to put into action the things that you want to accomplish yeah that requires you know high performance and the same way you said before stuck with something stuck with me what you said like sales people say sales is a numbers game right i've been accused of saying that myself but yeah. if you but you know the 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 better you can do the more high you know the higher performing you are the more you can, you know, take advantage of, and the more you can play the game. You yeah. know what I mean? So define high performance yeah. for us. How we define it is just succeeding beyond standard norms consistently over the long term. And then this last part is really critical. And I think this is where most people miss it. Doing so without being at the expense of your health and well-being or your relationships. That's the critical piece. It's creating this well-oiled machine that's firing on all cylinders, right? right? The running joke when I was growing up was by the time you can afford the car, you can't fit in it. <laughs> like that's not high performance and that's not what we're about. If I can't fit in the car, it's solely going to be because I'm six, five and I'm probably too tall for a Lambo, right? right? Not because my circumference is too big, which was the butt of that joke, right? So Everyone looks at this stuff, especially when you're talking about working with salespeople. It's always about making more money, right? 
But high performance isn't just about building a stack of cash. It's about doing so, right? Like we will make more money and we have guarantees in place to make sure that happens with our clients. But it's about doing so not at the expense of our health and our well-being and our relationships, but doing so alongside of increasing those areas as well, right? right? Because the work that we're doing straight up, it has nothing to do with sales, nothing. We're just aiming it there because people want to get a stupid ROI on an investment, but it's the same stuff that they can leverage and they can point, aim and fire at anything in their life they want to build momentum in. So when we're doing all this stuff, we're legitimately also building non-negotiables about date night with their spouses or significant others, time with their family, time with themselves to unplug and get away. Like these quote unquote life things, those get quantified as well because those are just as important. So it's really end rant. High performance is just about building this well-oiled machine that's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, the business is crushing it. The family life is crushing it. The health and the well-being is crushing it. All of the above. Right. And that's that's really important because that, I mean, that that makes sense. That's kind of what the stereotype is for like the kind of Wall Street. I mean, I think like Wolf of Wall Street, the movie or whatever. It's like, yeah. you know, by the time you by the time you can afford it, you can't fit in it, you know, mm-hmm. or you're dead because you were, you know, doing a bunch of crack or whatever. Yeah. And so like, yeah, just being able to actually you know live life outside of it and i've actually i've seen that happen like i have some like i know people who maybe they they really like they became a successful you know lawyer or something like that right but like they're quite overweight as you can kind of tell where the priorities went you know what i mean dude we all we all know people everybody listening to this i'm sure that a vision of one of the people that they know in their personal life is going to come to life we all know people who might be at the peak of financial success, at least in our eyes, but behind closed doors, their relationships are falling apart or their health is deteriorating. That's not high performance. That's not what we're about. Some of those things, they happen, but it's about how do we rebound from that? How do we respond to that and make sure that we're living in alignment with what's truly important to to us? And we achieve that through high performance. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's about doing it without sacrificing everything else because it's not, it's, it's creating that financial success is not like the only thing that matters, which I think a lot of people think it kind of is, you know what I mean? And it's really not because what's the point if you're too fat to get up and enjoy it or, you know, you don't have anyone to share it with. Yeah. I mean, listen, money's not everything, but it's right up there with oxygen, right? Like I'm not naive to this, but at the end of the day, to your point, Evan, if we don't have our health, if we don't have these other pieces, what's it all for? Right? Like it's at that point, we're just spinning our wheels and playing an ego game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually. I mean, that's, that's not wrong. And it's true. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they'll kind of jump to the other side of the of the line where it's like, oh, yeah, I know money. It's uh, it's evil or it doesn't matter or like, you know, whatever. But like you know, money can't buy happiness, right, is what most like people who don't have a lot of money say. Yeah. It's like they're not shopping in the right places. Yeah. Like, dude, I'll tell you right now, we just as we're recording this, we just finished Q2. We're a four purpose company, which means 
usually people think either nonprofit or for-profit. For purpose is right down the middle where it's a for-profit company and there's philanthropy baked into the business model. So as the company grows, so does the impact, right? I'll scream from the rooftops about our for-purpose stuff because this is a testament to what our clients are creating and what the business is doing, but we do a gross revenue share. So later today, I get to send the largest wire we've ever sent to our charitable partners who all work in the human trafficking space, rescuing children from human trafficking around the globe. That takes money, right? And I'll tell you what, I feel pretty damn good when I send that wire. So I say that to illustrate, like if people think that money doesn't buy happiness, they're shopping in the wrong places. It's not always about buying a supercar or buying a nice watch or buying you know, like whatever, like expensive resorts and these vacations, those experiences are great. That's not what we're talking about here, but it takes money to be able to give back like that. And people will argue, oh, well, you can give your time. Cool. Well, then you need to be able, you need money to be able to afford to step away from the job or you need money to be able to afford the childcare, right? Like that's really critical. I'm not saying it's everything, but it's pretty dang important. And when you can shop in the right places, Dude, I've been to the orphanages that we support. I've played soccer with the kids. I know what kids we were able to get Christmas gifts for last year. Dude, that makes you feel pretty dang good when you can do that stuff. So if people do believe that money can't buy happiness, I challenge you to shift where you're looking at spending that money because there's something that you can do with it that will lead to more happiness. Not in a superficial type of way, but in a way that you can give back to the people around you. Yeah. I, I hope someone hears that and that resonates and allows them to shift because it's it's a pretty dang good feeling, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Right. I feel like it's more it's more like like what you're talking about. I feel like is more fulfillment, yeah, than happiness. Because like you know, go, going uh, you know taking those vacations or you know uh, getting handed the keys to your car or whatever. <laughs> like yeah, it makes you happy while you're in the moment. But happiness, you know, that's not something that can last twenty four seven, three sixty five. Right, it goes up and down. That's just how life works. It's, and I think that's a lot of the things that uh, the kind of people who who do sacrifice everything for money, like what happens is that it's not that they're unhappy. It's I feel like it's that they're not fulfilled, and that leads to you know it's really hard to be happy when you're not feeling fulfilled, because yeah. that's I mean fulfillment comes from making an impact and yeah. actually living a life that you can be proud of that you know impacts other people in a really positive way. And I feel like everyone kind of knows that's what feels the best, at least on the, you know, on a deep level, but not a lot of people make that happen for themselves. And I feel like a lot of people too, it's like, yeah, no, you know, you just go, go volunteer or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that, that makes a really good impact. And like you're saying, it's funny, you do need to be able to do that. You need to step away from the job to do it. But like the money, what, however much money you're sending to your charitable partners to work with human trafficking is that is making such a, a such a massive impact much more than yeah. say i could make if i just right now today went and volunteered somewhere you know what i mean not that that impact isn't worth anything right like i like i, I probably don't i probably couldn't wire as much money as you did to the human trafficking uh or to the uh to the you know, your charitable partners so if i went and volunteered somewhere today it'd make an impact sure but not on such a massive scale. And that's what, that's what money allows you to do. Yeah. It's, 
And this is where we just need to be careful, like vet your sources, vet where you're, where you're partnering. Like I personally know the people that run these organizations. So I can be really confident the money goes to the, the support that, or to the right purposes, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. One thing that you said, I want to, I want to touch on, because I think this is a really important point. And when you were talking about the burnout and you were talking about people striving for nothing but money, I think this is where it comes back to what I was talking about earlier, which is make sure your goals are your goals, because if they're not yours, you're going to be striving for what some motivational infographic on Instagram told you that you should want. And if you didn't want at least that you don't want it bad enough right? Or like you're wrong or like your goals are too small. But what really happens there is if it's not your goal, there's no emotional attachment to the number and you're just going to be spinning your wheels. It's kind of like when we talk about like all these cliches, like if your why doesn't make you cry, it's not strong enough. Like, okay, cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. And when you really dig into that, like everyone will always say all money. We see this all the time. Every single one of our clients, it's like, oh, I got into door-to-door sales because I wanted to make a bunch of money. Cool. Well, that's not your why. That's like, that's a target, but it's not your why. And if that is your why, then it's never ending, right? Money is just numbers. It's, numbers are infinite. There's always a higher number. It's about what is that number for? So I think this part's really, really critical for people to get super clear on is what do they actually want? right? What do you want in life? What is that number four? Yeah, sure. It's an achievement. It's a milestone, but why does it actually matter? Right. And when you can attach that to serious reasons, that's going to drive you and that's going to leave you. And it's going to help you avoid just always chasing the next number. Right. It's so important. And I think we all get caught in it. Heck, we just had a Q and a call with some of our really high level clients. And it was what we talked about the entire time is building that grace with yourself, right? And understanding like, cool, be able to celebrate the wins that you're stacking, but not just ignore all the wins and only beat the crap out of yourself mentally and emotionally because you weren't perfect, right? And all of this becomes easier as soon as you become super clear on what it is that you actually want and you make sure that they're your goals and not someone on Instagrams. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, that... that that's really important because especially today, you know, the people on Instagram, I mean, that's how they make their money, right? Is they try to present themselves as they're living this perfect life. And it's difficult sometimes to not get caught up in, in all of that, especially if you're not clear on your personal goals. Um, And yeah, really. And that's one of my favorite questions to ask people. It's like, Oh, they want to make this much money. Well, that's so cool. Why? Yeah. What, what, what are you going to spend that money on? You know what I mean? That number means like, yeah, it's a really important questions to ask. Oh yeah. And like the purpose of money is to like, you know, spend it on stuff. That's what it's made for. So like what, like, how are you going to spend a million dollars? Like what, what what are you actually like, what are you actually going to buy? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. So as, as we begin to wind down the conversation, there is, there's one question I wanted to ask you. So I am, I'm a huge fan of actionable advice, right? I hate it when I see people who, you know, read a book a day or whatever, but they never actually do anything those books tell them to do. Yep. Because that's where that's where the change actually happens is if you take action. So I try to really highlight yeah. that and give actionable advice people can actually use and implement today. So yeah. with that in mind, 
if someone is hearing your talk on on high performance and productivity, and maybe they're an entrepreneur, and you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're also a salesperson, right? Because that's how you make money as an entrepreneur. You have to sell your your product or service. What would be, uh, you know, let's say they're they're getting on calls, right? They're they're talking to people, but you know, the 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 numbers aren't quite what they want them to be. What would be a piece of actionable advice you would give them to achieve that high performance and be able to to play the numbers game in a way yeah. that they could win? Yeah. So the first part about being able to play the numbers is actually having the numbers, right? And there needs to be granularity in that data. So this will vary depending on what you're selling. But I, anyone that is in a sales role, and by the way, let me rant on this for a second. Everybody is in sales. I don't care if you think it's a dirty S word. Everybody is selling. You might not be selling a product or service, but you might be selling your kids on what they're going to have for dinner, or you're going to sell your coworkers on the idea of where y'all are going to go get lunch together, right? Everybody is selling all the time. We need to reframe how we actually view this stuff. It's not just the used car salesman. So with that rant out of the way, those who are selling a product or service, um, it is so important to truly understand the data and understand it in a really granular level. So here's what I mean by this. Let's, there's going to be a number of steps in anybody's sales process. And if you only look at what are your inputs, like what's the action that you're taking at the top of the funnel, and you're just looking at deals closing at the bottom of the funnel, there are probably four or five potential different bottlenecks that could be throttling that that could be holding back deals from happening. So you're not going to be able to understand how to truly solve that problem and how to really play the numbers unless you have the granularity in that data. So what that looks like for our clients in the door-to-door space and just sub in whatever your KPIs are, whatever your metrics that you need to be tracking at your steps of your sales process. But we'll use solar as an example. Let's say uh, we're going to quantify how many doors we're knocking, how many people we actually talk to, Um, then from there, how many appointments get set, how many of them actually sit, how many deals close, and then finally, how many get installed. That's six different steps. Now we could just say, oh, well, we're not closing enough deals, so we need to just knock more doors. But what happens is when we get clear on that granularity, we might realize like, wow, I'm knocking a thousand doors, but I'm only talking to 50 people. Well, that's not even like 10%. It's 5%. So we probably need to shift how we're knocking, where we're knocking, the hours we're knocking, something like that, right? So that might be the thing we need to solve. We can increase the volume of the doors, but it's not going to change anything until we increase how many people we're talking to because the conversations are the bottleneck, right? Or maybe we'll see, oh, wow, we set 30 appointments, but only five of them sat. Well, those aren't sticky appointments. So then we need to work on how do we confirm the appointment? How do we qualify beforehand? How do we build value and really make sure that we have the doctor frame and they're not going to cancel or reschedule indefinitely, right? So all of these things are really important. And until you know your data at every single step, we help our clients get all of the conversions at every single step, then you can spot treat. Then you can see like, wow, that's the problem I need to solve. But otherwise you're just like, you're shooting from the hip. You have no idea what problem actually needs to get solved. So that's the first point is getting really clear on that data. You could literally just make a, a, a Google sheet and 
freaking track everything and do a little simple math. Like it's really, really powerful because then that is the first part. You need to understand what those numbers are. Um, and then there's tons of different ways that you can go after that. But that's where I would start with everybody is don't just track two pieces of data. Track every single thing that you need to, because that's going to really give you some insights into what's happening in the business. Yeah, that is, I mean, that, that is actionable advice because that's someone can go and do that right now. And so that, I really appreciate yeah. you for that. And they and should. Th that's really powerful. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that's that that's true. And that's something that I feel like a lot, of, a lot of people don't really think of is that there is, I mean, the bottleneck doesn't isn't just the numbers. Yeah. You know? Like it isn't just how many doors you're knocking. And, and here's the deal, Evan, like once we know those things, then we can play the numbers, right? Then we understand our conversions. Then we can guesstimate, okay, I want to close eight deals. Well, that means that this month I need to make sure I'm knocking 50 doors a day, five days a week, four weeks a month, right? Like that will equate based on our historical conversions, or I need to make 50 phone calls a day or whatever it is, right? But the problem is, and the reason I say people really don't know how to play the numbers is because, especially in the sales world, everyone's just like, oh, go knock more doors, go make more phone calls, go do this, go do that. And they just go pure volume. Volume is powerful when you can do it sustainably. The problem is when you go pure volume, it actually ends up leading to burnout, right? And that's why everybody ends up running away from all these industries and so many industries within sales have crazy turnover. When we can truly understand the numbers, we know how to play it. Then our focus, once they're attached to our goals, right? Then we can just go, okay, how do I show up at a 10 for this next phone call? How do I show up at a 10 for this next message that I'm going to send on Instagram, the next DM I'm going to slide into, whatever your metrics are, I just need to show up at a 10 for the next one. And if I can do that for every single one that we've calculated, then the numbers are inevitable. I will win long-term. That's what it means to truly play the numbers. But this is a critical component. We have to do this first. We have to understand what our data looks like. Right. And yeah, that's because that's true. Because you kind of just assume like, oh, yeah, I mean, if I just talk to more people, then I can close more sales. Right. And yeah, maybe yeah. that's technically true. Like you said, I mean, if you're knocking on a thousand doors and only 50 people you talk to and maybe only five of those people you know, end up sitting down with you. Well, then if you knock 2000 doors then you end up selling 10 people, but like how sustainable is knocking on 2000 doors? Yeah. And like that's here's not, the, here's the deal. Like, yes, it is in theory. True. You talk to more people, you will close more deals, but what they really mean when people say this is go talk to more people with the same energy and the same performance. That's the piece that's missing. Without that, it doesn't matter because sales is a transfer of emotion, right? And emotion is energy in motion. So if you go pure volume and you experience burnout, your energy is going to be trash. So you could say the right thing at the right time to the right person with the right facial expressions, the right tonality, and all these things can be right. But the energy's off. So that deal's not going to close, that appointment's not going to set, and that lead will be burned right? So we just need to make sure that that energy stays dialed in the way that it needs to as we attach that to the volume. And when we understand what the data looks like, it allows us to enter it from a completely different perspective. And we have granularity around it. We have clarity around it. And we could just go show up at a 10. 
Yeah. That's how we can play the numbers. And then when we do talk to more people, it inevitably does lead to more sales because the energy and the performance is dialed. Yeah. That really is an incredible way to look at it because that's if, if you're if you're clear and it all comes down to clarity, you know what I mean? If you're clear on what the process Always. is like, then you can make that success happen because, you know, like I said, I mean, yeah, I guess you could knock on 2000 doors instead of 1000 and I guess you would technically close more people. But why yeah. not instead of doing that, just maximize the thousand people you're already talking to? It's the same conversation with the doing more in less time. Yeah, exactly. Same exact thing. Perfect. Oh, I, Mike, I could talk to you for hours about all of this. And it's funny. I actually, I've been catching myself. I've been saying that a lot recently on my podcast episodes. As I kind of end the show, people. like, I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, I could talk about this for hours. And it's true. But with, the, with this and with you, I could seriously envision myself just having like this conversation going for like actually like hours, but I want to make sure I respect your time and the time of our listeners. So thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the podcast and sharing these incredible insights. If people are interested in you and all the work that you're doing and they want to learn more, uh, where can they find you? Yeah. Instagram is the best platform. Uh, it's Mike Sesniak. Be careful of all the crypto scammers out there. My last name is super Polish. There's like five letters before the first vowel. So it's really easy to slide another letter in there and people not realize. Uh, so you might need to link that up, but that's where we spend most of our time. Any questions people have, if they want to challenge anything we talked about here, or get more clarity on it, slide in the DMs myself or someone on our team is in there all the time. And if the team doesn't know the answer, they'll flag it for me. We'll get all questions answered. Um, but that's the major social platform. And then, you know, we run a podcast as well. We're interviewing top performers. We spend a lot of time there as well. So if people want longer form content, Results Engine Podcast is the, the place to be. Perfect. Well, all of that is going to be linked up in the show notes. And I highly encourage everyone listening to check that out and uh, take him up on his offer because that's uh, that's really powerful. And, and, and Mike, I mean, you know what you're doing. So I think that's that's an incredible you, resource Mike. for anyone to be able to take advantage of. And thank you again, Mike, for coming. 100%. Dude, thanks for having me. This is fun. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.